0: This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livus
1: this week on the Woman behind the business reclaiming your vision you know me i'm your host angel Livas, and today's show is all about vision throughout the course of 2020 i'm sure you'll hear all types of parodies that will play on the current year and the clarity that 2020 vision provides But it's important to have a clear perspective on what the messenger's vision is. For the past year, you have heard me close out this show by sharing information about our upcoming event in Nassau, Bahamas, titled Vision 2020, using scripture to propel you to new dimensions. Well, today I'm excited to introduce you to two of our amazing speakers who will join us live in the Bahamas for this once-in-a-lifetime topic. Our first guest is Lisa McCurdy, managing partner of... Of the Wealth Counselor, LLC, a boutique, estate planning, and asset protection law firm based in Washington, D.C., which just so happens to be her hometown. Lisa recently released her first literary work titled Legacy on Purpose. It's a journal that celebrates life and is filled with over a year's worth of exercises and expressions of purpose designed to stimulate thinking, provide insight, and ignite decisions on one's living legacy. Lisa was Recently elected as the first African American president elect of the Rotary Foundation of Washington after serving as the first African-American and fifth female president of the prestigious Rotary Club of Washington, D.C. Now, that took 107 years before that happened. So I am elated to have you in studio once again, Lisa, to talk about the retreat and the topic that you will be sharing with us in the Bahamas. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yay. Now, legacy. I feel like we all hear it. But how many of us really understand what it means to create a legacy? Um, So I would first like to know your definition of what it means to have a legacy. We
2: are starting a movement to expand the definition of legacy. If you look in a dictionary now, it looks as though... You're only speaking about things that you leave behind, material things that you leave behind. And in fact, your legacy is really the contributions that you're giving to the community now, mm-hmm. that you are providing your family now, principles, values, virtues. So legacy really includes the intangibles, those principles, values, the reasons you want your family and loved ones to be able to do certain things with the gifts you leave behind and those gifts and material things that you leave behind later.
1: Wow. Now, you have to say the word at least 20 to 100 times a day because it's part of your brand. It's part of what you really believe in helping people manifest in their lives. So how do you go about articulating that where the everyday person actually walks away feeling like, oh... I need to be concerned with what my legacy is.
2: That's why we focus on celebrating life. For too long, legacy, estate planning, all of those terms have focused on death, dying, disability, gloom and doom. And frankly, even as an estate planning attorney, as an expert in the field, I wouldn't want to focus on those types of things in planning, only my demise. So we speak about celebrating life. And your legacy is your current living legacy and contributions you're giving to the community. It's uh, the virtues that you're sharing through philanthropy, through the lessons learned that you're sharing with your community, as well as the gifts that you'll leave behind, maybe um, foundations or other types of contributions you'll leave to the community, society, and to your family.
1: Mm. Now, I think it's great to now have an understanding, but how do you protect your legacy?
2: Well, you must write something down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds easy
2: enough. But, you know, we um, in our firm, after practicing for years, realized that there really needs to be a conversation, a deliberate, multi-generational conversation um, around principles and values long before you write anything down. Mm. Um, when you think about those types of things, when your family comes together and talks about what should our mission be in, the community. Mm. What do we want our family to be known for? You'll find that the youngest, you know, four or five-year-olds um, to the 80, 90-year-olds, everybody has an idea about the vision for the family. Mm. That helps you to celebrate life, and then you're prepared and ready and actually excited about creating your, your legacy in writing. So wills, trust, power of attorney documents— these types of documents you've heard about, certainly in the community um, uh, and around estate planning and the legacy planning, but you're able to actually incentivize good behavior, deter uh, less favorable behavior through your estate planning documents, and you're able to establish um, avenues to support great causes mm-hmm. and to really set your family Um, up for success. Um, You know, we're always speaking about legacy on purpose, and that means being intentional. Mm -hmm. Intentional about um, those areas of the community you want to support, um, the other areas that uh, might not be your mission, Um, as well as uh, those individuals you want to um, identify to assist. So your fiduciaries, your trustees, your uh, your executors, and things like that. Mm. Those individuals who will assist you. To be able to do so in a deliberate way, you have to be very thoughtful about those things, but in a positive way. You want to set those individuals up for success. So you look at the skill set, those gifts, and everybody has gifts, Mm -hmm. um, those gifts that your loved ones, that your community members, that other individuals, advisors might have, bring them all together um, to establish your legacy and success and a level of certainty.
1: Now- A lot of our listeners are business owners or aspiring business owners, and I think that there is a totally different thought process when it comes to legacy planning um, for a business owner. What are some of the things that we should be mindful of as we're establishing our business, as well as just making sure that it's in alignment in the event that something happens to us, God forbid? Mm
2: -hmm. Well... You, when you're establishing your business, you want to make sure that you are separating your personal transactions from your business transactions. Mm-hmm. So you want to um, make sure that you are establishing, establishing an actual entity, so an LLC, a corporation, some other type of entity. Um, and you should manage all of your business uh, transactions, all of your business aspirations through that business. To plan even more deeply, you want to make sure that you establish certain documents, operating agreements, buy-sell agreements. So an operating agreement is just as it sounds. Um, You decide uh, between and among your partners who's going to manage what aspects of things and how the business should be managed and how decisions are made. Through a buy-sell agreement, it's a bit like your business's will. Mm. You determine who can uh, gain ownership in your business, even through a bequest. Mm. So at a business owner's death, um, you can decide who will ultimately operate the business. So succession in terms of um, you know positions within the business. But before all of that... Um, uh, you want to decide whether your business will continue mm-hmm. beyond you, beyond your, you and your business type partner, whether it's retirement, death, et cetera. Um, you want to make sure that you decide whether you're going to sell your business, whether your business will become uh, a family business, so your children Headstone. will move forward, mm-hmm. Um and then there are a, lot, a series of things that you would put in place depending on those decisions.
1: Now, one of the things that uh, I feel like there's a great debate around, uh, and this is uh, more on the personal side, is a will versus um, other documents to ensure that if I you know, leave this earth, that the things that I want to go to who, whomever that they will receive it. Um, and, you know, there have been different things said about like a will, it doesn't necessarily protect and guarantee that, you know, hey, I wrote it down. This is These are my, my last will and testament that it's actually going to be executed. So what actually should somebody be doing to ensure that their last will and testaments are um, being met?
2: Well, a few things. One, um, you should always share your plans with your loved ones. Now, how much detail you go into um, depends, but you don't want your family members to be caught off guard. And that's where challenges to wills come in, where there's surprise, because a will needs to be probated, which is a public court case where a judge ultimately makes decisions.
1: And that means that's something I have to pay for
2: in That's order. right. Your state has to pay for. But that court case provides the perfect platform for loved ones who are disgruntled or surprised um, as well as, you know, members of the public or um, relatives that you might not know you had. Mm-hmm. We often strongly suggest a trust. Now, it really does depend on a number of factors, but the reason that we like trusts and they're no longer just for ultra wealthy, there are lots of reasons why a trust can be helpful because a trust is something you're going to establish during your lifetime. You're going to serve as the initial trustee. You get a chance to gather your assets and you know where they are. And start to implement your plan during your lifetime. It's a private environment, the provisions of which uh, provide the power for your successor trustee to manage distribution, pay out final bills, and to continue your plan well into the future without a judge, without that public environment mm-hmm. that oftentimes can cause trouble. So you're implementing this asset management system during your lifetime, and there's just uh, much more of a level of certainty that your plan will come to fruition. It's very detailed, um, and it can survive you. So it can protect your beneficiaries from themselves, from bad decisions, from Now, judgments. Do you have
1: uh, tax benefits with the trust?
2: There can be tax benefits with some types of trusts okay. Um, but the great thing about trusts uh, is that again, you can be very intentional. it can be very specific and tailored to your unique needs. So if tax planning is uh, something that's necessary based on the value of your estate, absolutely that can be um, created through your trust. Awesome.
1: All right. Now, your topic at our upcoming uh, retreat in Nassau, Bahamas is legacy on purpose, using your life experiences, customs, principles and values to create a lasting legacy. What does that mean? Like, what can people expect um, when they see you on stage? Like, what information are they going to
2: walk away with? We are going to use the tool of our legacy on purpose journal. We created it because we had shared this information before with with clients. And they said, yes, 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 we need that deep dive conversation with our loved ones about what we want our gifts to be able to provide Mm -hmm. in the future. Um, And the exercises in our Legacy on Purpose journal allow you to kind of unlock those principles, values, um, those lessons learned, those virtues, those ideas um, and goals that you have for your legacy. So we're going to take some of the participants through the process um, of unlocking those wonderful kind of liberating opportunities to celebrate their lives. Their lives where they are now, where they intend to go, help them to project a bit into the future Mm -hmm. and really get excited about planning their legacy, celebrating all that they are, all their unique gifts and planning for their future.
1: Now, what was the genesis behind you writing uh, this book, Legacy on Purpose?
2: Over the years, we um, started to be hired by adult children who could not start the conversation with their parents Mm -hmm. about estate planning. They didn't want to seem greedy. They just didn't know how to begin. Mm -hmm. So we started to be hired for an hour just to begin a conversation. And we thought, that's unfortunate, Mm -hmm. Um, that there should be a tool, some methods in place to help families have these very important conversations. And they don't need to be as difficult as they seem. So that was the catalyst behind establishing our second company, defining Legacy Group, and um, uh, behind establishing Legacy on Purpose, uh, the journal for celebrating your life.
1: And so what does all of this mean to you? I often find that most of us, our passion lies in a a special place. Either we went through Mm -hmm. something that made us very passionate about making sure that nobody else has to endure what we went through or it's just like.
2: Twofold, Actually, um, both of my parents have passed and our parents had us late in life. So many of my relatives have passed and I've seen them work through some of these issues. But just as importantly, I think I've been touched by um, celebrities and other members of, um, you know, in public life whom we think have everything together, and surely they've prepared their plans. They have intellectual property to protect. Um, They have images to protect, uh, loved ones to support. And at the end of the day, we find that these um, celebrities who certainly had the resources and definitely had the advisors around them, never quite get around to legacy planning. And we think that's because the conversation has been about this gloom and doom. Mm-hmm. So we're on a mission <laughs> to change the conversation and, and really liberate a community, a society. So big mission. <laughs> wow.
1: No, that's awesome. Now, I also want to um, – well, let me just – Reannounce who you are, okay. um, we are speaking with Lisa McCurdy, managing partner at Legacy on Purpose and the author of Legacy on Purpose. All right.
2: Yeah. It's and good. the Wealth Counselor and, wealth and counselor. Defining Legacy Group. Yes. Yeah. There are a couple of titles amazing. there. Yes. I can understand.
1: <laughs> now, um, you have um, recently served as the president of the Rotary Club, Washington, D.C., and you are the um, recent elect, president-elect of the foundation. Yes. What? Like, was this what you were going after for the foundation
2: part or? Sure, sure. I, I am deeply committed to the community. Okay. Um, it's why I frankly established my law firm um, as well as why I serve in on so many boards and organizations, but rotary is very unique in that um, it's both global and super local. Um, you can find a Rotary club in virtually every committee, every community, that's right. <laughs> sometimes multiple. It's actually our immediate past Rotary international president, president of our, million uh, members around the world was from the Nassau Bahamas Club. So, yay. (laughs) Um, But in the District of Columbia, you know, our our eight wards um, have unique needs and our foundation has been able to distribute um, several million dollars back into the community every year um, and so I wanted to be a part of that leadership. Our club is 107 years old, and our foundation is just 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like to um, give back to the community. And as we know, um, with the, mo- the noblest of um, uh, initiatives, nonprofit initiatives, you need resources mm-hmm. to actually see um, great things come to fruition. And so... I love that our foundation has those resources to provide.
1: Now, as a woman, how did you feel in knowing that you were being named the first African-American woman, an African-American to serve as the president of both of those? Um, like, that just seems like it it has to be a very rewarding feeling that you're you know, launching and breaking history and making history, Um, but also a lot of weight on you that goes along with that. So what was it like for you?
2: You know, I've always just strived to do the best I can. Um, And the District of Columbia, my hometown, I felt like I was primed to be the best at it. So (laughs) march on. Um, And, you know, perhaps it was high time that a member of this community um, lead our particular club and organization. Um, So I'm oftentimes the only this, that or the other in the room. Um, I just got back from uh, a conference I attend virtually every year. Um, on high net worth estate planning and asset protection there are 3500 uh individuals there um there are about 10 african americans and that's okay that's okay um we're building um but again do the best uh regardless of you know sex gender Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and um move on, march on, (laughs) take over the world.
1: (laughs) So with so few um, of us in that space, like what are you doing to inform and educate others about the opportunities that exist in um, estate planning?
2: Oh, definitely sharing. Um, Oftentimes uh, our community gets, guided toward and pigeonholed in to certain areas of the law, certain areas of the community, certain types of nonprofits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm always interested in going where others haven't gone. And I shared those opportunities. Mm. Um, there are so many opportunities Um in estate planning and asset protection law and there's a lot of wealth in our community Mm -hmm. and we can no longer afford to prepare wills when we need trusts right um there's just a different level of protection there's a different level of longevity um and our community deserves that type of um expertise and it's out there um so we can no longer plan like we have a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars when we have thirty million dollars. Right. It's a completely different plan and I'm here to share. Um so I regularly mentor other attorneys and I recommend estate planning and asset protection. And by changing the conversation from gloom and doom, you know, even Does millennials are a little yeah. bit more interested in <laughs> estate planning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now Last question before we welcome our next guest um, to the conversation. What is the difference between the Rotary Foundation and then the local chapter?
2: Okay, so we our local club also has its own Rotary Foundation. Okay, There also is, of course, Rotary International that um, all of the clubs around the world uh, collectively create and, and make up. And there is an overarching Rotary Foundation called the Rotary Foundation. Our foundation is called the Foundation of Rotary Foundation of Washington D.C. And our club is about our foundation is about a seven million dollar foundation, and we give the interest away um, every year, so about three hundred thousand dollars in grants and other services. Um, So the club and our Rotary Foundation, they're affiliated. Our club established our local Rotary Foundation, but there are other clubs and there's the overarching um, Rotary International Foundation as well. And you may have heard of our work uh, there through eradicating Mm -hmm. polio and some other types of peace keeping work as well. So
1: awesome. Now you mentioned grants and I would be remiss not to ask where sure. can people go to find out where they can learn more information about the grants that you all offer.
2: This is very timely. Oh good. Dcrotaryclub.org. Yeah. Let me write this down. <laughs> Dcrotaryclub.org, our um, open application period, December one through January 31st. Ooh. So wonderful nonprofits. Uh, that support a district of Columbia residents should absolutely apply. You'll know by May or so,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, whether you received a grant and we don't focus on just one area, you know, education or workforce development mm-hmm. or um, homelessness. We are interested in nonprofit organizations doing great in the community. Um, we know that you are providing direct service And we are here to help um, uh, support those through financial means. Awesome.
1: Wonderful. Well, this was great. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're going to stay with us. Okay. Um, And in the interim, we are going to uh, take a quick break. And when we return, we will hear from the woman behind Leverett Weeks, Miss Meredith Moore Crosby. Stay with us. Are you tired of dragging yourself into the office while your business ideas are being left at home? It might be time to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. Join me as I take you on a journey of transitioning into a full time entrepreneur in my book, Side Hustle to Main Hustle The Woman's Guide to Transitioning into Full Time Entrepreneurship. I'll walk you through my five step system to give you the confidence, business structure, accountability, support, and transparency you need to transition effectively and successfully. To grab your free downloadable copy of the book, text Dream to 31996. That's Dream to 31996. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I am your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up a conversation with Lisa McCurdy about legacy planning and her new book, Legacy on Purpose. Now, keeping our conversation going around establishing a vision, however, um, what do you do when you've been blinded and you're unsure which direction to turn? That's what we'll discuss with our next guest, Miss Meredith Moore Crosby. For over a decade, Meredith handled executive communications for some of the top corporations in America, including the McDonald's Corporation, 3M, Con- Comcast, and currently Target. However, earlier in her career, she felt stuck. Torn between being a good mom and a committed employee. Once she found her pedigree, she drafted her first work titled Getting Unstuck. Meredith is also the co star of our newly launched Facebook Live show, which airs every Tuesday at 2 p.m. called Office Hours. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Meredith is joining us from um, Minnesota, uh, and she is live with us on Facebook, so this is pretty exciting. Now, Meredith, you have worked with some of the elite of the elite when it comes to um, corporate America and working with individuals in this C-suite space. What... Does it mean to have somebody really understand their vision and executing their vision?
3: So, I think when you think about executives, we can often overestimate the fact that they're just people who are trying to do the best in their work. But that the difference is that they're playing at much higher stakes and they've got hopefully a lot more preparation to be able to take in this information. But What's fascinating is when you really think about the life of an executive, they're constantly having to make decisions between priorities about what is an emergency and I need to address it today uh, that will affect my ability to execute maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, maybe five to 10 years down the road, right? Mm -hmm. Because these individuals are also typically the visionary in the organization. And so very often they have not only a vision that is so clear that they can be committed to it and they can motivate themselves. But they also have the communication skills and the empathy to be able to explain to other people why it's important, how they can help and what success will look like.
1: Now, what are some different things like what are three things that you can recommend to people to help them kind of map out um, their vision plan? So one of the things that I'm going to
3: talk about at the retreat is that You know, depending on where you are in the process is really going to determine where you're going to start, right? So there are some people who are going to be a lot more clear, and it might be that you've achieved the vision that you've been working for for a long time. And so now you have an opportunity to think differently, right? So maybe you graduated from college, or you completed a graduate degree, or you're a new mom. Something has shifted in your life, and now you're wondering how does that affect your career, so, if that's where you are in your journey, then the first thing that I would recommend is just you spend some time asking yourself, what is it only you can do? And what brings you joy? Hmm, right? If you are at a point where you have recently achieved a vision and maybe you're a little bit tired, like we don't talk about goal fatigue, like this is exhausting to do so much stuff. If you're at that phase, then the best thing for you to do is to figure out what are those micro goals? What's your vision for for right now? Maybe you're new in the organization and you want to develop mentors and sponsors to help you be able to really craft a vision that makes sense based on your timeline and how much you want to work now, right? like. Mm -hmm. I might not want to do that much more. And if you're at the point where you're like, I don't even know if I have a vision or what a vision would look like, then I really recommend that you, one, get Get a guide (laughs) to moving your career forward. right? Because I literally give you a template on what it is to do a vision statement. Because for many of us, that's not something that gets covered in traditional education, even in college and more and more. Corporations don't have the funds to invest in
1: everybody
3: getting access to leadership resources. So it really is up to you.
1: Now, one of the acronyms that you um, have created that's part of your training program and part of your book, um, Getting Unstuck, is TRIBE. Talk to us a little bit about what TRIBE means.
3: Yeah, so... You know, getting unstuck comes from when I was stuck on bed rest after a very difficult pregnancy and my friends were still calling me saying, can you give me career advice? I need to make more money. Can you give me advice? I need to get a different job. And I was like, I'm stuck. You're not stuck. You can just do this, this and this. And they would get unstuck. So tribe was those five things that I would always tell people. And I ended up getting so tired when I was pregnant. that I was like, I got to write this down and make it a book. So the first one was really paying attention to your time, believing that your time is valuable and it's worth doing something that's important to you. Your resources are something that we often overlook, especially as women of color. We we ignore what's around us, but really taking time to look at who cares about us, what relationships are important, and what have we learned in our education and in our career? Mm -hmm. And then I is around innovation, the ability to think differently about the experiences we've had. Maybe you're making a shift from education to entrepreneurship and understanding what's relevant between those two things you want to do. And then B, which is my favorite. And you know, Angel, we cover this one a lot on office hours, but your belief. So much of being an entrepreneur and a leader is just around believing that you can do it. And so we talk about what is it that you need for you to believe your vision for yourself and then evolution, Understanding that you are creating a future for your future self, not to your past self. And so really letting yourself imagine what it could look like when you actually achieve this goal
1: or vision that you're setting for your life. We are speaking with Meredith Moore Crosby, the woman behind Getting Unstuck. Now, Meredith, your topic at Vision 2020 is Getting Unstuck, Regaining Your Vision and Reimagining Your Life. What can attendees expect to um, really walk away from um, listening to your session with?
3: Yes. So you are going to walk away with an actual template a vision for your life and not just a career vision, how much you want to make, what you want your morning to look like, how you want to feel at the end of the day, and then what are the milestones so that you know, whether you're on track or off track, you're going to leave with a roadmap for how to identify those resources. And because Angel is so amazing at attracting the best of the best, you're going to leave with a community of people to support you as you re-enter back into your home. You might be like me, isolated in Minnesota, not the home of all the Black women that you might imagine, but we use a lot of technology. And so they're going to leave with access to that community and ways that we can continue to support each other with resources.
1: And the accountability, which is huge. And the accountability, yeah. And encouragement. Right, right. Now, I wanted you to really talk about A particular experience that you had to go through. Um, And, you know, both of you have been on the show before. So, you know, that we at the end of the show have our moments from the valley. But I want you to share with people because in having a vision, it means that you kind of have sight. You have a foresight. You can kind of see where you want to go. But you were in a position where you were actually blinded where you were temporarily blind for a while. Talk to us about what that situation was like and how you were able to maneuver through and what you told yourself to ensure that you put you first.
3: Okay, so that's a big um, that's a, a big question. So what happened was um, I'm a workaholic, naturally. That's not a bad thing. But um, one of the things I'm known for is becoming the youngest director at McDonald's Corporation. And before that happened, I developed a real drive to get things done. And in the course of doing that, only like maybe six months into the job, actually, um, I had been promoted to report directly to the U.S. president and handle his communications, who went on to become the first African-American CEO of McDonald's. And during the course of doing his speech writing, I would wake up and at one point I had double vision and then I woke up and I had triple vision. And then I remember waking up and I saw four of my clocks, and I didn't have glasses on or anything like that. And so when you say, what did I tell myself? Um, I told myself that I could handle this uh, because it's terrifying to experience a medical crisis and you don't know what's going on. And so, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you, like, I went right to the doctor, but I went to uh, your local mall (laughs) resource, which is not what you should do when you have a serious eye condition. And so it went on for far too long. And at the point um, that I did finally get medical care, they asked me who was my next of kin. So it was very serious. So they ended up having to do a series of spinal taps. And when they exposed your nerves like that, my uh, brain and spinal fluid was four times what a human can usually sustain, um, your nerves, everything just kind of shuts down. And so I lost my vision and they had kind of mentioned this was something that could happen, but I think we've all been in those doctor's appointments where you're like, wait, wait, what, what? (laughs) And at that point, unfortunately, as just a cautionary tale, you don't really have an option to say no, you know, this is now the only option that we have. Um, and so I, first of all hadn't told my boss, I couldn't see, I just decided that I was going to keep working and I was going to keep doing everything that I was. And I had a network of people around me that not only told me that they believed if anybody could do that, it was me, that I could do this. And they gave me the courage to finally tell my boss. And he was so compassionate and he was so kind. And the best thing about it was that he believed I could do it, too. And so that was really when I think I discovered my love of technology because I was able to do different things to cheat it. And people didn't know my coworkers to this day, many of them don't know that I had this period. I was very competitive, (laughs) so I wasn't going to tell them. But what was so important was I had this vision. I knew that I was supposed to write for him. I knew that there was something special about this moment, that this was not a job that I was going to be able to come back and get later. And so I was just determined that if I wasn't going to get my vision back, that I was going to figure out a way to work around it. And what I realized looking back is that when you have a vision that clear, there's nothing, nothing that is ever going to stop you. Like receive that word for somebody out there and you got a vision and people keep trying to take it from you. I mean, to be a speechwriter angel and somebody looks you in your face and you can't see them, it's devastating, devastating. But if you love something that much, You know, this is temporary. This is a phase.
1: Right. Can I answer all your questions? Yes, ma'am. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, the part of the reason why we did this show is because I really want people to get a sense of who they will be able to connect with, who you will be able to touch at the Vision 2020 retreat. And I think that it's imperative that you understand that it's so important to invest in you. A lot of times we walk around and we say we believe in ourselves, but we won't do anything to support that that motto that we're, we're saying. Um, we'll mm-hmm. say that uh, we're going to do all these amazing things, but we don't have the support system or the infrastructure to make it sustainable. This is an opportunity to surround yourself with positive women. Um, and this year we actually have a few men speaking. So that should be very interesting. <laughs> um, but. An opportunity to really elevate yourself, to really say, you know what? I'm worth it. And if this person can pour into me and speak into existence how she went from being blind to not letting that deter her from her vision and still able to pour into me today and she has her sight back. Come on, y'all like we have to do better. And I feel like part of our issues are taking the time to realize and recognize that we have to invest in ourselves. We can't say that we want to achieve greatness, but we're not willing to put a dollar sign behind anything that we really want to do. Something has to change. So I thank both of you for sharing that, um, your your stories, your uh, wealth of knowledge with us during this short break. Um, but y'all are going to get so much more at the retreat. So it's going to be phenomenal. Um, we are going to listen to a little uh, India Ari. Uh, and when we come back, you guys are going to share your moment from the valley. I know that was kind of a valley moment that I kind of like Threw it up. Let you dunk it, uh, Meredith. (laughs) But (laughs) when we come back, I would love for you guys to share a time that you did not know how you were going to make it out of a situation, what the situation was and how and what was waiting on the other side. So stay with us.
0: This woman and he is my man We can talk about anything He's got nothing to hide He's not afraid of his feelings He's not a slave to his pride He's giving me love So steady He touches my heart Now I'm ready He touches my soul Giving me love perfect compliment cause I'm a boss in my world but when we're together he just makes me feel like his girl he's giving me love so steady he touches my heart now I'm ready he touches my soul In me, love so steady. He puts every other man I've ever known to shame. I just want to be with him, talk to him, sleep near him, walk with him, be with him. every day I want to be lovers and friends and mother his children, make breakfast on Sunday and fight and then make up again. Cause if life's gonna be crazy anyway, I want. basketball and he loves a good book i tell you how I know he's the perfect one for me cuz he's a warrior in the streets but he's a king in the sheets he's giving me love so steady he touches my heart now I'm ready he touches my soul And my spirit He's giving me love
1: Welcome back. And Lisa, we are going to start with you and sharing your moment from the valley.
2: Well, I mentioned earlier that most of both of my parents have passed on and I was close to both of my parents, but especially close to my mother. Mm. And she ultimately had a stroke and began to decline over about 10 years. So I know that's a long time. Um, And started to uh, no longer be herself. And so Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to watch a loved one um, whom you're very close to lose the ability to connect with you Mm -hmm. um, while they're still technically on this earth. I don't want other families to have to go through that without, to your earlier point, a support system. Mm -hmm. And your support system really is the planning that you do and those conversations that you do before the planning. Because I did feel to some degree prepared. My mother was... Um a master's of social work loved the community gave her all huge heart but she made sure that we had all of her planning documents when we were in high school mm-hmm. and that was just the most generous and wonderful thing to give to a loved one you know we're coming up on um, Valentine's Day and I always tell clients and I tell friends and family um, and and the world you know the best gift you can give to your loved ones is that planning Mm -hmm. to have things in place so that when things go astray they don't have to grieve and try and figure out they can support you they can just be there with the nurturing open heart be prepared to move forward and support you Mm -hmm. so that's my tale from the valley
1: (laughs) awesome Thank you so much for sharing. All right, Meredith, what's your moment from the Valley, ma'am?
3: So my moment from uh, the Valley comes from uh, my time when I became an executive and had been on a break due to some health issues and came back and long story short, my check was five figures short, Angel. Count that up. High five, my friend. And I was devastated because I had bills like I was counting on that money. It was like Christmas vacation when you've already paid the deposit for the pool. And so (laughs) I was like so devastated. And everybody I went to was like, and. And I was so just felt completely at the bottom of the bottom of a pit that even the people that I thought would care about the fact that I felt like I just got robbed. What are you talking about? What what is a policy right now to me? I just want my money. (laughs) That was the lowest of the low. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I can't like take money. I, all I can do is earn more money. And it really fueled what I went on to do with helping women figure out how to do what you love and love what you do and get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, while I was getting paid comfortably as an executive, There was no way in that moment I need more money. How do I earn more money? Hard work doesn't make that leap. Putting in more time doesn't make that leap. It's a salary. So that for me was like this low point where this model that I had always thought worked, have this salary, work this job, I'll have everything I need. This trust was broken. You took this from me and now I don't even know how do I get that back. Hmm. So that's my, that would be my moment from the valley. Wow.
1: That's deep. (laughs) Because when you're dependent on money, the worst thing in the world is to find out you don't have it. It ain't coming. Yeah. And you did nothing. Yeah. I mean, you worked. You worked like you worked every other time. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, ladies, both for um, sharing your time, sharing your experiences, and most importantly, sharing your moments from the valley. Um, I do believe that in sharing your vulnerability and the things that you have had to overcome that you are ministering to the hearts of others and will be able to give them a little bit of a compass of how to make it through whatever it is that they're going through, because they'll see that somebody else has been through something, whether it's similar, maybe it's worse, maybe it's not as bad, but they'll see that there are other people who have trials and tribulations and they're able to overcome them. So thank you very much for sharing. Um, Lisa, would you like to share some social media information so our listeners can follow up with you if they're interested in your services and to grab a copy of the book? Sure.
2: We are... On Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, as the Wealth Counselor, Defining Legacy Group, and as Lisa McCurdy or Lisa G. McCurdy or Lisa Glodane McCurdy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you can find us everywhere um, and you can purchase the book through um, our sites.
1: Okay, awesome. And Meredith, how about you? Yeah, you can check me out on Instagram or Facebook. I'm
3: Meredith M. Crosby, like M-M-C. And you can catch us Tuesdays, 2 p.m. on Facebook for office hours. And if you're interested in the book, it's available everywhere that books are sold. Or you can head over to gettingunstuckguide.com for more. Awesome.
1: Thank you for joining us. Um, This has been absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you both in Nassau, Bahamas next month. Definitely. Yes. (laughs) All right, so that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering for the woman behind the business retreat titled Vision 2020, using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th at Bahamar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com backslash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our show producer, Kyle Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.